Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts do a book report on Messages from Beyond the Veil, a book about spiritualism and what the spirit world wants us to know. Spiritualism is amazing. Reminds me of the story about the Buddhist monk who almost achieved total spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, he only made it to Nirvana. All right. Well, uh, I guess we should get this started. Welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. I'm Mark. And uh, this is our podcast. And tonight we're talking about what, Uncle Mark? We are talking about a book review. The book is Messages from Beyond the Veil, Spiritual Guidance for Our Human Experience. Mm. And what, where did this book come from? Well, the authors, well, first of all, let me say that the book did get a 4.1 out of 5.0 on Goodreads. Hmm. So it's a legit book. It was written by Reginald H. Gray and David J. Dye. And I found it uh, interesting that I tried to stalk them on the internet, mm-hmm. and the only profile they have on the internet is publicity for this book. Hmm. So I don't know what that means. They have a small digital footprint. Wow. But basically, the premise of the book is that in the early 1930s, there were a, a group of men and women who were meeting in London to um, meditate on life, its meaning, and spiritual matters. And supposedly, um, one participant who was particularly spiritually sensitive felt as if someone was trying to get their attention. And that was the first contact from what the authors called the messengers. And the group felt as if uh, the messengers wanted their communications recorded. So they began writing messages down. And then when World War II really reached London and there was a lot of havoc, the group dispersed and the notes um, went out to the author's grandfather and when he emigrated to the United States. And then before he died, he gave the notes to the author, suggesting that they be published as that was the spirit's intent. So that's the premise of the book. And, and it was an interesting read. Uh, it, it's a kind of a synthesis of a lot of different things. Uh, all the way back from early Christian Gnosticism to uh, to New Age uh, theology. Yep. It was, it was a very interesting um, premise because there was, you're right, there was a, a mix of spirituality and, uh, and um, you know, pagan religion kind of stuff mixed in with uh, Hinduism where there's a spiritual caste system. You know, on the very top you have the Great One who is, you know, complete innocence and love. And then you have different strata of spirits that are closer to human beings because they need additional refinement. And so uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe we just uh, take a look at, at that quickly. Uh, they, uh, here is their concept of God. And, and a lot of their definition of, of God, um, well, the messages. Are dealing with defining God in a way that allows for evil evil to exist, which a lot of religions do. But but their solution is God is basically in some celestial Versailles somewhere, where mm-hmm. you know he he's blind to suffering, he's blind to evil, he doesn't see it, he, he doesn't because he's, he's too perfect. He's too he can't even and he's he's so perfect he doesn't even realize he's perfect. 
<laughs> he, yeah. he's, he's blind to his own perfection. They, they, they talk about that. But, but it's, it's interesting that sometimes they try to overstate things in a way that invalidates their argument. Like they're, they're talking about uh, God being omniscient and omnipotent, but only when it comes to good things. But if he's uh, omniscient, then it can apply to just good things. Uh, he would have to know everything. Otherwise, you're not omniscient. So they, they kind of they, they talk in circles in a lot of places. Yep, a lot. Um, there's some great quotes in here, like we're uh, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual be- beings having a human experience. Yes, yes. It's like, that's pretty cool. There were some really cool things in it. One, one thing they were talking about is, you know, their, their idea is the more spiritually refined you are, when you die, you just go up to that particular strata that's appropriate to your level of refinement. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the more rough edges you have, the closer you are to uh, to humanity that lives. And um, what I thought was interesting was they were saying that's what makes the concept of capital punishment so ridiculous. You know, if you have a bad spirit, what you want to do is keep them behind bars for as long as possible. What you don't want to do is kill them which just frees them and has them reborn next to the prison where they can repeat their bad behavior. <laughs> right. You know. It's... A bad respawn. Yeah. 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 Just the, the whole concept of God being being separate, that's, that's very much Gnosticism, that you can't have something that's good and evil at the same time. It's got to be all or nothing. Spirit is good. Light is good. God is all light. God is all love. And, and the earth and humans and the flesh are, are, are can't be good, really. It's just something you've got to work through to to, to get past. Um, and that I think uh, affects their, uh, their their concept of Jesus, which is very different from the, the Christian concept of Jesus and, and atonement. When it talks about there's um, uh, that vicarious atonement is, is is meaningless. That everyone has to earn their own, which is you know what you were talking about, like working your way through the different levels. Right, right. And, and then there were there were interesting threads that ran through it that may not be consistent with other threads. You know, but they, they talk about how um, each of us has a divine spark of God, you know, inside of us, and um, he talks about how uh, punishment. Uh, the whole idea of uh, punishment is not inflicted by God. It, it, punishment is just a result of our estrangement from God, you know, which is very Pauline kind of, um, <laughs> Lutheran kind of, you know, a, a concept. So very interesting. But <clears throat> I knew the thing that you would love is the fact that the whole concept of free will is like infused and it's baked in the cake. Yes. <laughs> um, where he talks about even even God will not force you uh, to choose to follow the great one. You know, you have an element of free will even after death. So I thought, oh, Ray must love this one. Once again, he's proven wrong. Uh, but, they the also s- <laughs> but they also said, but predetermination also exists. And you can have both. And the way they get around that is saying, there's no way that humans can understand that. That, that if, if you're part of a physical body, you cannot comprehend how that works. What Which is kind of a cop-out. 
<laughs> can you can you comprehend how it works? Uh, I, no, see, they're right. No. <laughs> Are they right? Is that it? <laughs> oh, I I don't know. I it's because there were several uh, several passages, uh, and we I think I want I wanted to point out also that. What what is in the book are excerpts from from these messages that were recorded. So uh, there's, there's you know, basically the the authors are, are stating what their view of things and then drawing from drawing quotes out of these passages that were written down to kind of support that. And there's also like no effort to tie up loose ends. No. No, 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 none whatsoever. Keep it as ambiguous as possible, and yeah. hopefully you're you're bound to hit something. But uh, they talk about how the soul is powered from a different source than the body. Mm-hmm. So when the body stops functioning, the soul is freed with its consciousness and its individuality, unimpaired from what it was in mortal form, and um, it just is eternal. Yeah, that's that's getting into that Gnostic dualism too. Um, Again, and uh, one of the the other kind of cop outs that you, you see, like in the, the the Mormon Church, is that uh, well, we have the Gospels, but they're wrong. You know, they were written you know long after Jesus lived, and people just filled in stuff to to support their own beliefs. Then this is not what Jesus said. Uh, and you know, the the Mormon Church says that too. It's like their their belief is very different from the the traditional Catholic or or Christian church because the Bible has had so many translation errors over the years that it's no longer accurate. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and there was one thing, too. It was talking about the the Bible. It said that uh, Jesus had a a subtle uh, sense of humor that the the writers of the Gospels just didn't get, so they left it out. He was regular Shecky Green. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) <laughs> Amongst messiahs, he's the funny one. <laughs> Seriously, ladies and germs, I just flew in from Nazareth. Boy, my arms tired. Oh my gosh, it was a, it was an interesting read, though. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I didn't I have to say I didn't come away with a whole lot, uh, but it was it wasn't it wasn't boring to read. It was a challenge to kind of get your head around what they were talking about. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, when you're talking about channeling entities, I mean, that's very much that, that you know, 90s kind of New Age stuff. And I also wondered, uh, since we didn't see the, all of the uh, transcripts from, from the writings of that group, were the authors just picking and choosing stuff that supported their point of view when they were creating this book? What's interesting is I don't know what their point of view was. It's it's yeah I guess it it's kind of ambiguous in parts. Um, it, it's sort of wishy washy. Um, again, in, in a lot of it falls back on well, we're just human. We can't really understand this. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed to be generally. If I if I had to sum it up, it was it was almost as if there's a um, a spiritual hierarchy. Once you die, you hang on to your free will and your consciousness, you know, but you're freed from your body Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you will, there are colors associated. They said 
colors associated. So the levels are color coded. Um, mm-hmm. And I think blue is where the first, the first level is, but you have, you do have guardian angels. You have people helping you and that they, they talked about um, Jesus's whole purpose, which is interesting. They'll lapse between talking about the great one to talking about Jesus, but they basically said Jesus's purpose was to come to earth uh, to understand evil and how um, mankind could be purified through the concept of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting. You die, you go into this spiritual realm, very tough to contact the big guy because he's so remote. He's out of the loop. He's just, right. <laughs> he's just, he just can't talk to the guy. He's just too far away, um, which seems to be the, the weakest point uh, to me. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just a interesting read. Yeah, you, you, like you, you can't say that you know God is omniscient, but he doesn't know anything about evil. Well, then he's not omniscient. <laughs> you know, I just that's right. That's right. That 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 justifies his lack of content because if he had the knowledge of evil, then he wouldn't be perfect. Right. Okay. <laughs> Must make it pretty easy to combat evil then. I guess we're sort of on our own, I guess, us and the uh, lesser angels. Right. To kind of fight the battle. Yeah, because even like uh, the, the the higher order beings in, in this system can't talk to God, can't interact with him directly because he's just so far beyond them. Now, do you, when you finished the book, did you, do you believe that there was a group meeting before World War II and they wrote down notes and they handed them off to the author's grandfather? I don't know. Me neither. I, I, I really don't know. It doesn't sound like the kind of stuff from, from that time period. It sounds much more contemporary, um, a lot of what they're, they're saying. Hmm. The whole thing with, with channeling entities... Uh, I don't think that was a, a very typical messengers. Well, messengers. messengers. They want us to know. Yeah. They they not only want us to know. They apparently want us to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's funny in a lot of this uh, paranormal gestalt. They're they're messengers or guardians or watchers or some galactic council, uh, and this kind of fits into that whole scheme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, but it was the, it was a fun read. Yeah, the part about uh, us all sharing the, the a spark of the divine. I mean, that's that's it probably was the most uh, appealing and identifiable uh, part of of what was in the book for me. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I I would also be open to the idea that um, you know, picturing God the Father as a guy in you know, with long gray beard and robes and stuff it is a very humanistic attempt to describe a reality. And so I wouldn't be surprised that when you go to the next plane, uh, that there's a spiritual reality and come to find out it was, the truth was told to us through myth. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it's, you know, truth, you know, tr- ultimate religious truth but not necessarily historical fact, right? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part, you know, the, everybody has a spark of divine. 
searching for home, a connection with home, uh, an inherent alienation. We try to uh, um, work our way through all that. Mm -hmm. Very, very open to that. Yeah. Uh, but the more specific they tried to get, they got elusive, loopy, um, and they started losing me there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they fall back on, you can't understand this because you're yeah. human. Right. And, and I also am not, um, we'll put it this way. I mean, for me, at least in terms of um, religion, you know, one thing that um, I think the the Jesus story is great for is um, basically talking about breaking from the politics of purity and law. Mm -hmm. And it's all about compassion and, and, and things like that. And so it makes me less open to um, a spiritual reality that's based on purity. Right. And there are neighborhoods that you don't venture into because you're not pure enough. It's like, eh, not, no. This is this is part of the stumbling block I had with religion <laughs> for the for the first sixty years. Yeah, yeah. yeah this also is that kind of that that hippie religion, you know, uh, love, light, um, right, uh, vibrations, waves. Yep. Um, yep. There's a lot of that in there, like crystals. Just about <laughs> yes. They didn't say crystals, but I expected there to be crystals. Right. Like, yeah, so, everything's like got vibrations and energy that, that, that never disappears. So you die and you're that, the, the waves and vibrations just move on to the next level. So I guess, I guess we're left with um, isolated observations, but no unanimity of thought regarding whether it's for real, like their premise, whether that's for real, mm. and, and whether there were any big key takeaways. Um, eh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's for real. I think it's a great way to sell books. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, there were some interesting threads. Yeah, I, I agree. And and, uh, and some of it makes sense, and some of it's certainly very appealing. And uh, if that's the way things really were, then that, that'd be comforting. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I and I wish we had more of the the. Uh, the original documents that they were drawing this from. Let's listen, let's get them on the show and ask them. Okay. We want to we want to review the original notes. <laughs> that would be something. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So what about, you know, what about going back to the uh the 20s that you know the the age of uh spiritualism, right? Mhm. Mm Does some of this dovetail into that? Where it's like, this is the kind of thing they would have been doing. You know, mediums trying to come back with messages from the spirit world. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, a lot of that started, uh, you know, the Victorian period and, and went into um, a much, much later time. Um, you know, and there was all those um, re religious movements that started, a lot of them in upstate New York, around that, you know, around the turn of the century that they continued for a while into the mid-century. So this is With ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so this is pretty consistent with, it, with that sort of thing. Would you recommend the book? I would not. Uh, I don't think there's enough in it to to really warrant reading it. Uh, especially at the end, it just kind of is going all over the place. Yeah. 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 Well. It's the last time I buy you a book. Right? I know. I did read it. Yeah. I, mean, the, well, I, I read it too. Okay. 
it was kind of funny. I'm, you know, I'm reading it. And I'm going, okay, I don't really have any takeaways for a podcast here. Let me, let me see how it is. Halfway through, same thing. Three quarters of the way through, same thing. <laughs> oh, so hey, Ray, can we talk about this? You think? <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a waste of time. No, um, no, it certainly wasn't what I thought. I mean, it was, it was more pitched more seriously than I thought. Um, I thought it was very interesting. The idea that you hang on to your identity after death. Mm -hmm. Um, although when you're reborn, uh, you do undergo apparently a somewhat of a cleansing. Otherwise you're, it wouldn't be fair to get to, uh, have all the lessons of your previous lifetime. Right. But although even that was inconsistent, I thought with the whole idea of you come back until you get your act straight. Right, you, know, you have to, yeah, you have to somehow retain knowledge of your previous mistakes. Right, so yeah, if you came back, you know, blank slate, uh, who you were before, you're never going to make any progress. Right, right, but uh, free will, free will, right? Free will, oh my god! Yet gosh. another, yet another documentation of free uh, will. I don't know because it was it was talking about what what life is going to be like on the spiritual side, and it said everyone will have a job to do uh, in heaven. Uh, so it sounds like uh, you don't you, you can't just goof off. You got a job, so there's only limited free will. Limited free will. Okay. <laughs> I want you to go through the book and count how many times it says refers to free will after death. <laughs> Got to be like thirty times. They, they they did mention that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you crack up each time? I did. I did. Yeah. I said, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cracked up for you. Mm. So, anything else? Uh. No, I think I think that's it. Uh, David Dye, that name, uh, one of the authors, sounds familiar. I don't know if he's ever been on some of the you know the late night uh, paranormal talk shows or not. But the, the, maybe that name does sound really familiar. Yeah, maybe. I, I thought it was interesting that I found nothing. I mean, I didn't even find anybody crabbing about the book. You know, saying it was a BS or it was just it just didn't have much splash at all. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's uh, maybe some of it's just wishful thinking projection. Like this is the way you you wish it was or want it to be, and then that's really what the source of these uh, writings are. Maybe you know, and maybe that's why it's so uh, fractured, and that it's an attempt to hit something that you're receptive to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You've been listening to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast. Join us again as we ponder the imponderable. What size shirt does a ghost wear? Spiritual medium. A Zen master is visiting New York City. He goes up to a hot dog vendor and says, make me one with everything. And then he hands the vendor a $20 bill, which the vendor immediately puts in the cash box. Hold on a second, says the Zen master. Where's my change? The vendor replies, change must come.